spread one love, okay? Thanks for tuning in to us, the Eminem Show. Nista, travel, world travel guru, and uh, outspoken queen of the DC DMV area. I'm so hyped to have you here (laughs) right now. I love you. But um, before we go more into you, because the majority of the show is going to be about you, because we want to hear about you, um, I want to hear how my sisters. Molly and Jay are doing today. We haven't been together since last week, and I like to do our weekly updates. What's going on in your lives? Molly Ruland, how are you doing today? What up, though? Hey, hey, hey. Um, You know, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah? You know? I don't believe you. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just got to fucking fake it till you make it, Nikki, you know? I mean, um, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? What, I mean, are, what are the highlights? What's been happening in the life of boss lady molly ruin this um week. well really exciting stuff we're actually relaunching uh one love massive on valentine's day we're gonna yeah. just spread some love all over the city and beyond and um legally this time but um <laughs> uh, yeah that's a whole story for another <laughs> show but um yeah we're relaunching the website we're coming out with this new platform for all of our live content um and the projector has arrived so we're launching our digital advertising wall on our florida avenue side of the building Um, you know we've hit some major milestones we um 171,000 minutes of our video content was viewed in the last seven days shout out to the one love massive staff like Mm -hmm. for sure for making that happen and if it wasn't for the hard-working crew at one love we would not have um, hit those goals by any means so um, I mean, lots of really good stuff, just like, you know, recognizing the responsibility and trying to wear a whole lot of hats at one time and trying to do a good job and sleep <coughs> and see my house every once in a while. And Yeah. You know. How's little baby Lily doing? You know, I don't know. I haven't seen her in a oh. long time. You know what I mean? For those who don't know, Lily is her amazing, super cute dog. It's like <laughs> daughter. Daughter. <laughs> That's so dog daughter. Um <laughs> And mascot <laughs> of One Love Massive. She is, though. She gets all the shine. But, she does. yeah, she's at home chilling on a pile of blankets, I'm pretty sure. That sounds pretty good. I know. I live vicariously through my dog quite <laughs> often. I just channel my inner Lily. Well, thank you for giving us a little insight into Thanks. the life of the creator of One Love Massive. Um, for those of you watching, please like and share uh, this episode. Show some love to One Love Massive. They're doing really incredible and amazing things by showcasing showcasing all of the just 
immense talent that's here in the District of Columbia um, that, you know, a lot of folks don't get on the radio or in major TV um, channels and stations. And so this place, One Love Massive, is really helping showcase the culture and the black vibrancy and the multicultural vibrancy that exists here in the district. So shout out to One Love. And Thank again, you. reinforcing, shout out to our audio visual crew who Hell actually yeah. make this show happen. That's right. DJ Mike Phillips, Rick, uh, Nick Romero. I almost said Rick Nomero. That should be your that. DJ name, Nick. <laughs> Rick Nomero. Awesome. <laughs> Who is that? But thank you guys so much for all your hard yes. work. In fact, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We need 473 more subscriptions, and then we reach the next level of being content creators on YouTube. Hey, hey. It's, a, it's a really big deal. We already hit 4,000 watch hours. for. Uh, we have to hit it within 12 months, and we did it within... 60 days so now we just need to get those subscribers so if you're watching this please go to our youtube channel in fact we're streaming this on youtube as well every week so please go to our youtube channel and subscribe and you will help us uh continue to spread the good word so thank you nikki i appreciate of course we love one love massive and how is my queen sister with a beautiful head wrap today i must say who's also running for dc democratic committee uh woman of ward five what the one the only the real jay mills how are you doing jay 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 mills i'm really good nikki oh my god when you do that transition from jay mills to naughty nina in one (laughs) yeah (laughs) it makes me a little uncomfortable but like in a good way uncomfortable like do your clothes feel tight like i'm not (laughs) as yeah, because that's because I'm pregnant. <laughs> but it's because, like, almost like when I see, you know, Nicki Minaj or Lil Kim, you know, like do their thing thing, and I'm like, damn, I wish I could have a little bit of that, but I'm kind of just awkward and like. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that's my sexy dance, too. I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It's just a personality that comes out sometimes. Well, I, I love it. <coughs> no, I want to be more like Nina. She's liberated. She's so liberated. liberated woman. Like some people sing in their shower. I like channel my inner Nina in the shower. <laughs> like this? Yeah. Like, hey. Ayo. That's my, that's my go-to. <laughs> How is Jay Mills doing? Jay Mills is doing wonderful. Hey, look I, at those lashes, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, on fleek. Also a red lip. Oh man, thank Business you. Business shout out later. Yes, to Doctor Lashes. That's a memorable <laughs> name. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a really nice week. Last night I got to see SZA. It was a nice surprise to check out the concert, and um, she gave a great show. It was really inspiring to me as an artist. Every time I see another artist, I'm always kind of just watching them from the professional tip. Like, you know, this could be me. This is this is what it feels like to, to be like that. You know, especially in like the VIP kind of situation where you're just all too aware of just how human an artist is i feel like there's Mm. this distance sometimes to where you forget an artist is a real human being that just wakes up and they were not always this and they have their doubts and 
you know, they get out there on stage and they do their job like everybody else does a job. It's just a job that this person happens to do. And when you're able just to see how real it is, how human they are, it kind of is inspiring to you. Like, yo, I'm a human. Yeah. I could maybe do that. I could do that. This is like real human with her work. Like She's human real as human fuck. about and it. Yeah. And she was like telling little stories about the inspiration behind each song and kind of that, that flow that the album had to me when you listen mm-hmm. to it you can just tell that this is a slice of a 20 something's life mm-hmm. yes like you can love it hate it judge her or whatever but it's just real yeah. like it's so real you feel her live and hurt and love through that music and you know she verified it with the yeah with the stories in between so you know i saw her perform at afropunk uh in august of 2017 and like everybody that went to her side of stage knew every word of every song like people were deep in their feelings with it and that made me have respect for her and what she does but i like when i actually listened to the words i'm like yeah this is like me when i was like 21 or 22 like i'm not on the shit anymore so i can't relate to it but i respect her for where she's at in her life and helping other side chicks get through their side chick issues you know, it's and whatnot. <sighs> but there was another thing I that wasn't side okay. chick. Or is he the side chick? Because, I mean, I just feel I like. I mean, that's, I like how you flip it. <laughs> I don't know. You're only a side chick if you're like, oh, I wanted this other thing. Like, otherwise, it's like, really, you're the side chick. And you. True that. I don't want to be the side chick. I don't know. I, I guess I feel kind of triggered either. with it when it comes to being very young. Like, when you're in your 30s, don't you, you know what you're doing you know exactly what you're doing but when yes. you're in your late teens early 20s you believe the lies yes. this grown <laughs> married man is actually paying attention to you your young ass he has a whole grown wife with a career <laughs> and wife. degrees and, and kids and the house and he's into you and he's telling you you are the light of oh my god I just and you believe him you really do because you're young yeah. And you're dumb. And everybody tries yes. to tell you that you're young so and you're dumb. You're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, 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 no. He understands me. True life. True life. I felt like that earlier today. Um, <laughs> it's resonating. Resonating hard right now. You don't understand. He's we like, have a bond. <laughs> I'm like, I am <laughs> not. Like, I am what? not. But I live there. You are aware that he's me. He doesn't love her anymore. He found something new in me, and that my man is your yeah, man. Your best no, <laughs> he's actually not your man. It's actually her man. It's It's actually no one's man. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's not even his that, own man. Right? <laughs> Y'all up here sharing them. But no. shout out to SZA nonetheless for putting it out there in a very real human way, raw. in a beautiful way. Her voice is, yes. you know, gorgeous, and she's got a really interesting energy. So where was she performing? At the Fillmore. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Shout out to the Fillmore. It was sold out. I heard the show sold, sold out in um, uh, 13 minutes. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah, she's really, like, pulling on people's heartstrings. Yes. I mean, everybody knew all the words to mm-hmm. everything. Some some songs she just didn't even have to. She didn't have to sing. The audience just took it all away and harmonized. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know you've made it. Like you don't even have to work. Mm-hmm. You're just like, 
And <laughs> it was just so empowering. Like, like you know, like smoking weed. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shout outs to her. Shout outs to all the artists that just make songs about your life. Like <coughs> you live it, you hurt, and you art about it. Shout outs to that. Can whatever you know? your story is, whatever your truth is, sharing it on a beat is dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you for telling us about your beautiful artistic life and experiences this past week. That's really cool. Um, I need to get out to more live concert events because they always re-energize me and give me hope about this world. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to shout out the star, Aja <laughs> Taylor, of tonight's show. Uh, how are you, Ms. Taylor? What's going on in your life this past week? Yeah, so um, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So I know, <laughs> first of all, that's the best part. You know, we kicked off Black History Month with a devastating blow to white supremacy. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh! Okay. Whoop, whoop. And, and if you don't know, <laughs> now you know. I didn't think about it that way, but that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's Please. what it meant. Okay. That's what it was. Football. That's yeah. what like, happened. We beat the that Patriots. Is, come on now. Racism is come on. We gotta beat the pay. That's it's it. the beginning. And Black Panther's about to come out. Come on, you can't tell us Look, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and it's okay, Cap. Like if someone shares this YouTube link with you, I know you watched the Super Bowl because I know you didn't miss that. Okay, because real recognize real. I didn't okay. watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch the whole season of football, and I just was like, okay. I felt like a cheater for checking stats. I just celebrated the oh. win. Whoop whoop. Oh no, I had to. I I had to like be whoop, there. Whoop. I in celebrated my, the party and yeah. like the rum and the like <laughs> seven layer dip and no, the no. I'm like joints. on the team. I'm like I'm an auxiliary <laughs> member, and so I I was like you know they might have to tag me. yeah you know something I might have to I just had to be there for my man my man Doug Peterson. But um so we won the Super Bowl and that is like the highlight. That was the highlight of my Sunday. Then I watched This Is Us, but I couldn't watch yes! it on Sunday because I knew it was gonna depress me and Someone I couldn't come show. down. I was like, we just won the Super Bowl. Obviously, I'm not gonna watch Jack die tonight. I watched it like, the next day too. I was like, you know, I'm like, uh, do I want to watch that? Like, if we had lost, I would have watched it because I could like get deeper into my sorrow and my tears. <laughs> wow. Um, but no, this is us heavy. I'm still messed up about it. Me and my mom were texting yesterday. I was like, I'm really, I'm really fucked up. Like, I can't believe like he's dead. That's how. And we he knew went? he was gonna die from the first episode. And he's I was not like, real. No, he is he real. Is real. <laughs> What? Okay. <laughs> what? We started out like shaking her fist. Real mommy. Literally. <laughs> My sister called me. I didn't understand. She said, and it was on the Super Bowl. And they were so selfish. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I was like, Jay. <laughs> like, what? what? The show you, really should be know? called What Happened to Jack. But now we know. I but hate you, He Kate. is very real. He's like the real, real. great white hope he for America. He is the real great white hope. He gives black people hope. What? For America, okay. and he died. Need to watch this show. And he died. Girl, you gotta see this show. Jack. This show is amazing. Oh my God, it's exploration it's so of Please watch it. the American family, of gender roles, interracial of adoption, interracial relationships, black yes, love, all of it. Wow. It's deep. Mental health, Mental like why health, it's important, why everyone needs addiction. therapy. Addiction. This they show. Just, like, take a poll of everything people cared about and like build a show yes. around it. <laughs> and it's so well written. It's like written by someone who was like, I'm going to take such attention and I'm going to develop these characters to the point where they really have like deep personalities and like deep stories that they 
um, stick to and that like they took such care in the casting that like the young versions of them look and the older like versions the of them older. I mean, yeah, look like them, act like them, their mannerisms. It's just like a study in like Humanity. just beautiful, glorious television, which we just do not have that much of, in my opinion. I can't wait to watch it. Sounds it's like a so lifetime. So it kind of is <laughs> lifetimey, but it's so good. It's so good. So also good. good is Frankie and Grace. That went, that show's pretty funny. I caught it's a few episodes. Super of funny. Is that the one where the husbands? Yes. Okay. But it's Word. where are the husbands. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Well, thank you for sharing with us about your Super Bowl experience. Yes. Super Bowl and sadness together. You know, I didn't forever. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I actually watched Harry Potter like again. <laughs> I didn't um, watch the Super Bowl either. Which house are you in? Um, Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Slytherin? Slytherin? I mean, Slytherin is cool. Is this real life? This, this is real life. Right Slytherin is cool because kidding. Severus Snape is a part of Slytherin. I'm just saying. And he's the real VIP of the whole series. He but was. otherwise... Fuck Slytherin, I said it. No, just fuck Malfoy. You're out of pocket, Nikki. Out of pocket. I know, I'm not supposed to cuss. I gotta practice because I'm bringing life into the world. Oh, I was gonna understand you for like at least a year. Wait, we can't curse? No, I mean... You can. Oh, I was like, we should. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to be better and check my potty mouth after 17 years of restaurant industry. I realize my dirtiest <laughs> words are not cursing. Ooh. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. everyday words. Uh, but yeah, I, love I didn't... watching the look on other people's faces after Jay Mills says stuff. It's like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You don't know yet. It hasn't hasn't quite quite. I mean, hey, I mean, she saw the a lightweight the, the vestibule conversation. Oh, so yeah. I'm sure there was. But <laughs> did tune in. your vagina has a vestibule. It does. Once yeah. again on the Eminem right. show. Right. Hashtag vestibule. Doctor Molly here to <laughs> inform you about your <laughs> vagina. How you doing? Make sure it's warm. But you know, I uh, <laughs> am glossing over that one again, and I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I watched Harry Potter, and then the next day I watched the recap of the best commercials and oh, the worst commercials. That's the only reason I watch that, anyways. I know, yeah. and usually, I, like, I hate commercials on TV, but for the Super Bowl, they always like turn out and have the best ones. But anyway, um, yeah, shout out to ending uh, white supremacy. Although I didn't notice, I didn't notice any um, football players. I did catch the beginning, like kneeling or anything, and I was wonder if they were like, "Y'all better not effing kneel for the Super Bowl," or, you know, like in solidarity with Black Liberation Movement. And <laughs> I didn't ending. know. Just Maybe like, they made a decision to not put the camera on the teams so nobody would know if they did or did not. I don't know. Oh, I bet you, because the NFL is, you know, my takeaway from the Super Bowl is that they look like they broke as shit. Like, their whole razzle-dazzle seems to have Fizzled. Completely sizzled. Fizzle yeah. fast. I don't. <laughs> I mean, they're actually losing. They're losing viewers, and like so. But Brett Favre came out and said he cringes anytime he sees a young person play football. So like, you have a lot of football greats yeah. who have come out and said, "Moms, dads, parents, do not let your kids play football." And yeah. there, are, there has been like this mass exodus yeah. of kids from like Pop Warner leagues and all that because right. parents are like, Mm-mm. you know. I don't 
that when you have like a perfectly healthy like 35 year old dropping dead or like you know killing everyone in the house and then killing himself and then yeah. they're like i don't know what that is it's like yeah it's because yeah. yeah it's crazy it's really crazy yeah it's crazy times in the America. hits they take and yeah. it's also interesting times here in the District of Columbia, Good which second. is part of the reason I don't even know how, you like how I do that. Which is part of the reason that I invited um, you to the show because you are someone here who, for quite some time, uh, has been deeply involved with community issues, uh, with DC government and politics, and holding folks accountable and advocating for change. So I want to um, introduce you a little bit further as the. Um, first ever advocacy director um, of Bread for the City. Shout out to Bread for the City. I think we uh, we may have a graphic for them with the website. We may not, but if you don't, uh, definitely check out Aja's organization at www.breadforthecity.org, and that's spelled all correctly um, with the F-O-R, not the number four, breadforthecity.org. And, uh, yeah, Aja, can you tell us a little bit more about the mission of Bread for the City and what you've been creating there over the last four years? Totally. Um, So I've actually been at Bread for the City for five years. Isn't that crazy? Time flies. That's It does fly. How old is Bread for the City? 43 years old. So Bread for the City is way older than I am. Um, But... Um, is a so Breakfast City is a 43 year uh, old social services organization that actually started as a medical clinic, so a group of folks um, in a church who wanted to provide medical services for sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and noticing that, so the district used to have actually a really robust um, sex work. I don't want to not I guess not industry, but uh, a lot of sex workers in the district. Um, still sex workers now, yeah. Like K Streak was hot. But people weren't able to get services and so had come together (laughs) to make sure that um, these folks were able to get, no, like access to medical care. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know. That was like, what Completely irrelevant tangent. Please proceed talking about the awesome work that Bread for the City has done. That's real. Sex work is work. Um, Providing, building capacity in places where they are lacking resources. Right. I mean, so... So started off there um, and gradually like moved to food because it was like, yes, not only are people lacking in um, not having attention or access to medical care, but also don't have food, um, added social services, then later added uh, legal services. And then most recently, so I think two years now, um, an advocacy department. Um, and part of that was this shift organizationally. Um, that was it, that was instigated really by clients holding the organization accountable um, and also staff holding the organization accountable for changing the way that we did service work. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely so George is our CEO, one of the very few black CEOs in the city, yeah. um, definitely a few black male CEOs in the city of organizations like ours. Mm-hmm. And when he came in. And it's so interesting because I've only been there five years. And so people are like, no, like the front desk was white. And I was like, what? It was like everyone was white. Um, and so you look at an organization um, that had a real challenge, not just with diversity and, in- and inclusion in hiring, but also like certainly as we were undergoing this process and like talking about race and racism and the social services industry, um, this real challenge with like even the way that we were doing our work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where the people that we serve wanted more um, input, wanted more ability to choose. So not only in like our medical clinic, but in deciding like what programs we um, we have in support 
Um, and so for the last, I, I think, yeah, probably four or five years, um, we've really stepped up our work around um, intentional anti-racism um, and working with other service organizations to also um, step up their step up their game, right? This recognition that the advocacy space is super white, um, and that really affects what sorts of policies we advocate for, how we advocate for them, what we're willing to compromise on. The fact that the services space is so white, and that was affecting um, the ways that people, mostly black folks and brown folks, were receiving services. Um, and yeah, like that has been the my primary role there as advocacy director has been working to create this campaign um, for the creation and preservation of affordable housing in the district. And so that's not just the actual production of new units, even though that's incredibly important. Um, it's also about making sure that we have policies in place um, that actually make it so that those units will, will be able to be used by the people that, that are intended. It's also about making sure there are policies that protect and also expand public housing. It's also about making sure that there are, poli are policies um, like strong tenant protection laws that make sure um, that when residents are who are living in public housing and undergo a redevelopment, that they're when they're displaced, um, if they're displaced because of the redevelopment temporarily, that they're able to come back to the new development. And you want to go, these are things that sound very elementary, but these are the things that have caused us to have a 40,000 uh, a 40,000 person or reduction in black folks in, in the district. Right. Um, Over it, what time period is that? In the last 10 years. So, 10 the, years. yeah, so in the last 10 years, there's been <clears> I mean, 40,000 people is a lot of people being pushed out to neighboring jurisdictions. And there is this real problem when you look. So, like, we're in Shaw now, and Shaw is one of the most historic black neighborhoods where so much black brilliance and black intellectualism and black art really rooted. Um, in D.C. and like was rooted in D.C. but really like drove a lot of pop culture in the country mm. right um, like when you have like Marvin Gaye's like when you have like Duke Ellington right uh, all of that and there's this desire for new residents especially new white residents to want to consume black culture right to want to move to the Shaw's and like you know it feels popping and you feel like you're a part of you know this very rich history and culture but then there's not also this desire to want to make sure that the people who have created it and curated this beautiful experience for you are able to stay in the city um and so it's like yeah it's not enough just to like learn the go-go songs and want to dance to it at eight street festival you need to make sure that berry farm where junkyard started is able to have um is able to like have um their redevelopment go in a way that they want to and that's including like if they don't want any redevelopment at all like mm -hmm. we have to really start thinking mm -hmm. of these places and spaces as places and spaces of like cultural birth um where really beautiful things are created and not just these places i heard one candidate describe it tonight unfortunately it's like rife with gun violence who um, said that yeah who said that hey, one of the candidates, <laughs> Bread for the City, is a 501c3 organization that does not endorse um, any candidate. But I can report a fact, which was um, that one of the candidates, Marcus Goodwin, who is the candidate for at large, said like we needed to deal with like you know our communities that are like rife with gun violence, and that just isn't how I think of them. And and that is understanding. I say that understanding that um, that homicide rates. Um, 
are that are alarming and that like when young people die especially um and young people are murdered and are murdering other young people that it really is cause for concern um but it we have to also start like talking about our communities as these like beautiful places because they are right like we have all of these rich resources um i'm glad you said that because at tonight's candidate forum like i had to hold my tongue (laughs) i wanted to yell out so bad at marcus goodwin like wrong crowd dude wrong framing (laughs) like just the language that he was using was not it was not what the people and people were like laughing at him but he wasn't trying to be funny so i was just like i don't think he is connected or knows like this audience you know what i'm saying but i I respect you know anyone trying to run and like do good things for the city but i'm definitely concerned about the way he thinks about um the black community and our and and how he frames issues i'll say what concerned me most honestly was each of the candidates answers to um, one of the questions, it was a crazy question in the first, it was framed in a, in a way that, that really bothered me. I'll say, I won't say crazy. It, it was a question that bothered me about um, kids who are the cream of the crop getting oh, laptops. Yes. It was like, oh, I can't get laptops for my salutatorians and valedictorians. And I'm not talking about those other kids is what she said. I'm talking about the cream of the crop. And so I'm like, oh, great. Like, this is an opportunity for these three people who are running. Um, I want to say actually four people are running. One just did not show up, the incumbent, Anita Bonds. And that was disappointing. There were Whoa. over 300 people there wow. tonight. And we were live streaming. Oh, where um, did it take place? It was at the Women's National Democratic Committee right over in DuPont Circle. Oh, wow. Is it a public event? It was. Yes. Yeah, it was public. But it was it <clears throat> sold out in like 15 Quick. minutes, um, which we did not anticipate, but is a sign that people were really excited they're really excited about these races right i mean and like phil mendelson showed up and this was like the first you know so it was disappointing to see that when another incumbent show another incumbent did think that it was important enough to show up and these three candidates i don't think people should act like anything's in the bag like these folks had um, a lot to offer. So, and so really who are the candidates tonight? Yeah, just let's back up for a second yeah. and educate um, our viewers about what's happening. Um, so it is 2018 and we are entering the election cycle right now. On June 19th, there will be a primary, a Democratic primary. And then again in November, there will be the full um, regular election. But the the primary in D.C., um, because this is a 91% Democratic city, really determines who's going to win in November. So tonight, there was an at-large candidate forum um, for the positions that Anita Bonds currently holds and also for the uh, chairman position of the D.C. City Council, which mm. Phil Mendelson has held for the last um, four years. But before that, um, he was an at-large council member and uh, has, has been on the D.C. Council for, I think, nearly 20 years now um, and worked his way up. He was an ANC commissioner. So a lot... So anyway, um, the people that were running um, for these two positions tonight um, were on the at-large slate against incumbent Anita Bonds, um, Jeremiah Lowry, uh, Marcus Goodwin, and Aaron Holmes. Um, So definitely like Google them, check out their uh, websites. You can make a decision and an assessment for yourself. And I also recommend that folks Follow on Twitter the hashtag 
uh, Decision 18, and it's spelled kind of funny. It's D-C-I-S-I-O-N 18. Um, so you can see pictures and comments from people about what actually happened tonight. Um, so that is for the at-large um, position. And then for the chairman position, which really is the most uh, powerful position on the D.C. City Council oh, shit. next okay. to the mayor, um, mm-hmm. who's, um, uh, yeah, not on the council, but, you know, running the city. Um, for that chairman position, um, there's incumbent Phil Mendelson, um, and then major challenger Ed Lazier. Mm-hmm. And then we've got good old Calvin Gurley, who's running again for the ninth time, I believe. Um who has never won, but seems to have a good heart, I think. I don't really know. Um, but those are the three people who are running, and I'm allowed to talk about people however I want because like, I am not a uh, 501c3 entity. I am here representing myself as a ward for a resident. So that's what's going on. Uh, check the hashtag Decision18. So, um, <clears throat> Ladies, I want to know, have you ever been to a candidate forum in D.C. before? You should really go. They're wild. So Kind of circus entertainment. (laughs) The one last year with Vincent Orange and Robert White. Like, Vincent Orange was dancing down the aisle. and uh, Vincent Orange was, like, tossing footballs and doing all kinds of acrobatics. It was... It was was an event. Amusing. It was an event. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, what, well, <laughs> your expression is so. <laughs> I was trying not to make one. Get ready, J Mills. Get I kind of want to, like, eat a bunch really of acid my face and go to straight. one of those and just, like, freak out. You should. Um, they're, they're always a good time, but they're great <laughs> opportunities for people to actually um, mm-hmm. get to know the candidates, uh, hear them talk about the issues, and tweet about it and post about it, which adds another element of public accountability so you can follow up with them later. You said when you ran for office, you would support yada, yada, yada. So what you going to do about it now that you're in office, you know? Um so uh, there will be more candidate forums coming. Hopefully Anita Bonds will show up for one. Although, I don't know, because um, other people in the past have not showed up for candidate forums because they feel like they don't have to. Brandon Todd didn't show up to candidate forums. No, in fact, what Brandon Todd did at a candidate forum that also had about 300 Ward Ford candidates was send his campaigners to put his sign out front and then not even show up or have his campaigning team come in to hear about the concerns of the community issue. They just posted their signs and like rolled out. And they still won the election because they got a lot of money and were good on their door knocking front, but also because in the last election, there was uh, less than 4% of mm-hmm. registered voters that actually turned out, mm-hmm. um, which shows some of the apathy. Wait, less than 4%? You heard me. Yeah. Yes, less than 4%. That's like the same percentage as like direct mail. Yeah. It was really sad, you know? So I'm really excited about this upcoming election because there are some really awesome grassroots people who are running for various positions, including for the D.C. Democratic State Committee. Dump Trump. Exactly. And including for the at-large position. Yeah. you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, Ed Lazier and Jeremiah Lowry in particular are two people who have been accountable 
to black residents, to low income residents, to working moms, to people that care about food deserts, to people that are actively working on child care. Um, and uh, never once that I've known them have they betrayed the interests or negotiated against the interests of uh, the actual residents of D.C. I feel like I can trust those candidates. I respect Phil Mendelssohn um, because he has uh, helped communities win the minimum wage increase in D.C. and past paid sick days. But I tell you, over the last four years that he's been chairman, I've literally seen the joy and like the color in his face drain like he is a different person I don't see him smile anymore he was up there tonight campaigning and he was angry and kind of arrogant um in my opinion about um how the city should be run and how the how, how the questions were asked and framed and I'm just concerned about um him losing number one um real connectivity with uh, affected communities in D.C., like his perspective is so far removed. And two, um, any kind of innovative thought um, about how to actually solve and manage the problems in D.C. He seems very comfortable in his power and his role and seems like he knows what's best for everyone, including something he said tonight about... Um, like people don't know that they need to prioritize their health care. I was like, what the hell are you talking about, Phil? <laughs> like, really, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous and a little bit <clears throat> insulting. Um, it's you like know? saying like, uh, that, like those articles are like millennials aren't buying a house because they're buying avocado toast. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's you nailed it. it. It's definitely a food item. You know, that's, you that's know? it for sure. So <laughs> I, I'm, ex I'm excited about this candidate forum um, that happened tonight and about the general election. And I want to shout out Jay Mills again, yep. who is yeah. also running in <laughs> this election for, for Ward Jay. 5 committee woman. That's right. Um, Jay's so yeah. running. Oh, is that your Jay's running dance? <laughs> <laughs> Vote for Jay Mills. But we need, uh, a, we need to make a giffy of you. <laughs> Running. running we can do that so, so do i really it. actually like i didn't reconnect with you guys over the week but i'm 100 percent serious i have some like really solid ideas for your like marketing oh girl i'm for coming for you i need your help we need your help yeah. like seriously <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to trust me oh man it's about to be so crazy <laughs> gonna have to we only have four percent voter me. engagement it's about to be like 29 percent of dc coming just out from jay vote. mills alone Yo. straight up you yeah. should do like a s aggressive snapchat and instagram campaign yeah like, i'm gonna be really aggressive lots of animations <laughs> i'm serious i'm serious if too you apply if you like appeal to like younger people mm -hmm. um and you send the right message and you appeal to everybody but you just really go hard on the like social media mm -hmm. campaigning properly like you're dropping the most fire mixtape ever except it's your campaign campaign concerts you're being Already real like it. SZA huh you heard me. No, she saw the fucking Fillmore last night. Okay, no, so. yes, no, no, thank you. No. Beside chick, are you? Candidate. I don't know. No, That's no. What I, meant, I meant communicating what, did I just do? what you care about with realness and authenticity. Oh, not. I was specifically not was, about being a side chick. Okay. <laughs> I was like, did I just? Oh, what? <laughs> My bad. My wow. bad. My bad. 
was like, dang, this kidding. took a turn. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. But um, back to Aja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to backpedal. No. So um, you've been uh, doing community-based work before you were at Bread for the City um, and cared about uh, black folks' issues, working class people's issues, women's issues. I'm curious, like, you know, where did you get your foundation of values and what you care about? And uh, tell us a little bit how you actually became the advocacy director for people who are interested in getting involved and doing the work um, to make their city or their community better. Um, what's your story? What can people learn from from you? Um, so I know this like what everyone says, but this is true for me and probably true for a lot of people, especially if you're raised by a black woman. Um, that my mother is so much, so much of who I am is my mother. Like I am my mother's child. And as she would say, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> cause I, I, uh, I got all of those mom, if you're watching, like obviously for better, um, <laughs> only for better. Uh, but in terms of just, uh, caring about people. So my mother has been, uh, like an educator, a, ch- a child advocate, a youth advocate, um, for certainly all of my adult life, but like the majority, the majority of her working life, um, she went to the whole reason she like went to Howard over, um, I actually think it was like over Harvard, um, or might've been over like Boston university, but like, you know, my mom was graduated high school from Kansas city, graduated in 1969, um, and was, had her choice of schools. Cause my mom was like a straight A student, um, and had, really what appealed to her about Howard was like the energy of DC um, and the energy of the campus that it really was this campus that was serious about social justice that was serious about like you know black power and really getting involved Um, it was a tumultuous time like in history right so she graduated right after like Dr. King was murdered and so like she was coming to the district at a time Um, where, you know, it was real make or break. So, like, there are a lot of people who, like, rolled out of the city, and she was, like, she came, and she really fell in love with it and was like, I think I want to stay here forever. Um, And she did, except for one brief stint where she rolled to the islands on vacation, found a man, brought him to the States. He he married her, got her pregnant. Here you are. (laughs) Here I am. Um, But, yeah, so but my mother is, like, such a fierce advocate and it's so much of who who she is that like I didn't have a choice same for my sister even though we're different in a lot of ways like we just like my sister I said the other day I was like you're just like a good person <laughs> um and just so <laughs> you don't think you are I, just, I know you're right such a good person but she's like such a good person like sometimes she does stuff and I'm like you're a good person sometimes like, you're kind of <laughs> off the chain yeah sometimes I'm like <laughs> not a good person. sometimes I'm like I am a savage like sometimes i'm like i am a taurus <laughs> i'm like yeah I, re- I really want my way here and like sometimes my sister is like does something i'm like you're a good person um but like my mom is like you know i've been organizing since i was in like elementary school also like my dad is militant so my dad's like you know not super into like the police or like white people or so it was just like this was my my upbringing was this very like afrocentric like pro-black mom and also like this kind of like militant side that I was like, I don't know if I buy everything you're saying, but like, I see where you're going here. Um, and like, in, have always been a child who was inclined to like get the things that I thought I was due and to get the things that I thought like my classmates were due. So like we had a, 
um, when I was in second grade, we had a city, like, you know, to teach kids economics because I went to a school that had, you know, a whole bunch of white kids. So we got critical thinking and stuff like that in Montgomery County. Um, (laughs) I know it's like sucks that you have to go to school with a bunch of white kids to get that. But has great schools. It does. And like I went to a really good D.C. public school, too. And when you know when we invest in stuff like that, Which we school? invest in good. Pro- I went to school at Walls. Whoop whoop, penguins for life. Okay, <laughs> penguins. We're the best. Number one school. Is there like a penguin like Waddle? Like, oh. <laughs> well, 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 you were like super high well, about penguins. I well, assume there was like a dance. Well, penguins. Like a, like no, we should get on that. Fifteen-year <laughs> reunion. We're gonna. We gotta get us like a Waddle. Like just like a little line dance or something. We can make it sexy though. <laughs> we can't. We can't. Waddle. I'm just waddle, saying. Waddle. I'm just saying, shake it, shake it. but like we were in class and we had this city, but the teacher was the mayor of the city and we what? were the workers. And I was just like, that don't make no sense. Right. Like I was just like, we are like, it's our city. Like this is our class. Why are you the mayor? Like that didn't make no sense. And so I like organized my classmates and I was like, we need a mayor <laughs> um, like a so that we could like get a mayor. Right. And, and I also like had, cause I'm a tourist and I was like, and I'm going to be the mayor. <laughs> like we need a mayor and it's me. So like, <laughs> yeah. I had to work out that like manipulative I'm the one that saw that we needed a mayor. <laughs> I mean, if anyone else had seen it, it could be them. But it wasn't. So it's but it wasn't. <laughs> but like that always has been it. kind of like my incl- inclination. And I did, or I organized with the NWC CP when I was uh, in the youth council, so I was like 14, registering voters, like going, like shaking my fist, like, what do you mean you don't vote? Of course your vote counts! And like, it's always that. I mean, it's awesome though. I'm I don't so think it's whack. selfish. I think it was, you know, no. No, I'm just like, whack. like my mom used to punish me, like, you can't go to your NAACP meeting. And I was like, what? Oh, wow. You can't have a book. And I was like, I can't have a book. <laughs> well, no, this oh is very God. confusing. I'm so whack. I know, but in like you can't oddly because you were shaking your fist at people. Oh no, 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 not because of that. Like when I would get in trouble, I mean, I'm oh, just like that's okay. what that's the child I was. I was like, I'd get in trouble and be like, you can't go to any of your actions, and it was like, what? <laughs> They're my actions, you know. That's so, so awesome. It's I, hope, so, I hope my kid so is like you. <laughs> no, it's super cool. It's super cool. I it wasn't being. I was like, you know, nine. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like. <laughs> I wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. um, I'm curious how both of you ladies, but you're, you may not have cared when you were nine, but you're both very conscious and caring about the future of this city now. Yeah. Um, So I'm curious what, you know, shaped you to actually Actually, give up. I'm kind of lying right now because I actually was the founder and the, uh, no, I'm totally like correcting myself. I was the founder and the president of the Homelessness Awareness Committee. And I was also the um, founder and the president of a multicultural awareness committee in high school. Of course you were. <laughs> Come on. There was like eight black kids in the whole school. Don't hide like from your roots. Through 12th, I don't know. Mine's very... like, I'm rolling with Don't them. hide from your roots. I was like, I see you. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Jay? I definitely uh, came from a very woke family. <laughs> a lot of what you said just really resonated with me. It was very generational. My parents were from the South. They went to Howard. And the other H U. They were there like Stokely Carmichael, like the seventies. They protested the A building. Like they they real Howard. My mom had a fro Howard. Hey. Early seventies. Is that, that picture you posted? Did I see a picture when I'm like a you? baby? With oh. The oh no! Like the Insta, nah. What's your mama's name? My mama's might have uh, been in school together because my mama was there. She graduated oh. in uh, like seventy four. Yeah. Um, oh shit. 
Well, medical school. Uh, the Monica Gillian was at medical school at Howard. Doctor Young. Shush. Okay, I'm a. Uh, I gotta. I gotta. Your mom's probably watching right now. So maybe. Yeah. Mom, mm-hmm. fact check. Yeah, Doctor Young. Mama, did her mama go to Howard? Oh, oh everybody. <laughs> Like, they know my mama and my daddy. <laughs> Type it in the database. And me. But um, yeah, like real woke, like I had to read their eyes. Uh, I had to watch their eyes was on the prize growing yes. up. And I read They Came Before Columbus. Yes. And um, I read Roots when I was really young, like elementary school young. Um, I had arguments with my teacher my teachers all the time getting kicked out because I just pointed out the fallacies in public education. Come on and now. I was always on, on my high horse. Uh, my my parents were always called to school and they'd be like, did she do it in her work? Did she get A's on her tests? Mm-hmm. So what is the problem? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, you have a problem because she does it. Mm-hmm. You Teacher saying you're do, threatening. Yeah, you know, my parents are just <laughs> man. Just watching my parents, son and teacher. It's kind of unfortunate in retrospect, but now as an adult, I realize why they did what mm-hmm. they did, and they took every joy mm-hmm. and every second of letting this entitled woman know mm-hmm. that uh, you're wasting two doctors' time telling them how brilliant their daughter is and how bored she is learning your misinformation. Mm-hmm. Try harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, just that whole idea, like, make it better, you know, go further, speak up, never let ignorance or lies or injustice happen around you, and you just do nothing. Like, the idea of doing nothing was foreign if you need it build it if you see it make it like make that shit happen not making it happen is just not an option it's not a thought um there's so many different mantras i had uh mediocrity is unacceptable being accept just okay with what's average what the bare minimum is or just being okay with what is expected of you Mm-hmm. is not enough you know just that whole black excellence that whole got to be twice as good to get half as far was all the way poured in but you know with my name being jamila my sister jendai my parents are not african <laughs> but I'm Aja. exactly i think that there's something you know <laughs> to say about uh oh, those parents that made that choice because you're making a choice when you try there to not name your kid michael johnson or give them a good white sounding name mm-hmm. so that they can get a job. And you say, no, nah, I'm going to name Jamal, <laughs> Jamila, <laughs> Malik. <laughs> right, Aja. You know, you're making a declaration that you are a person of color and you're going to know it when mm-hmm. you call my name. So, um, yeah, shout outs to just being an activist. You, you, you're an activist by name, by mm-hmm. making somebody say your name properly. Like, your name just... is an activism when you are named of an ethnic type. You could try easily and have a nice little European name, but if you choose to be anything other than that, you are just a walking activism every time you introduce yourself. Yeah. Mm. And, up. I, and I think a lot of it is also like, so a lot of times people ask, I'm like, well, I'm black. I'm a, I'm a, I was a girl and I was in public school and I was smart and I had a smart ass mouth. Mm. Like what choice did I have but to learn how to advocate for myself in mm. a school system where 
um, my mother would like try to hand pick my teachers and like the things that she was looking for was like, you know, how did, how do they do with like black children? Like, are they putting them out? Like, what are the things, you know, what do they care about? Cause I was a person who was very hands-on. I was very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like very, you know, it was very, very social. And so she wanted to know like, will my child, like, will this person treat my child right was important. And for me, that was, I remember early on an indicator, like when I had teachers who were saying, calling my parents to wanted me expelled because they thought mm-hmm. I plagiarized a paper because like no mm-hmm. way that I wrote that myself, even though I was in a magnet program. Mm-hmm. But of right. course they thought I affirmative action my way into it. So it was like, you aren't <laughs> actually smart enough to write a book report about a friggin' like cricket in Chinatown. I was just like, this was not like, I didn't write, you know, like some That's Aristotle funny. level stuff. Um, but it was very clear to me that my mother had to do something that my the majority of my peers were white. Their parents never had to come to school and prove that they wrote a paper. Their parents never had to come to school and prove that they, you know, did whatever on a test or that they actually um, that some project or product of them um, was actually theirs. And it was just clear to me that my mom would have to do something extra and that other black kids who were in my school had parents who could who couldn't do that for a host of reasons right mm-hmm. so my mom could do because she was hnic could be like okay i'm gonna go over here and take care of my kid and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna be right back right mm-hmm. when they're trying to suspend me and trying to expel me mm-hmm. i didn't i have a similar experience as both of you but different at the same time i also when i was in high school was uh, a straight A student, but question if I plagiarized. I wasn't a straight A student, mom. I just want to say I'm not lying because <laughs> she's gonna be like, I know you wasn't in there lying. I wasn't. I didn't do my homework. I well, wasn't I a straight was, A student either. I was and still was. You were a question- straight A student. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't know why I even asked. That wow. For like elementary, <laughs> middle, and high school. You were a straight A student in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Where I went to high school <laughs> wow. wasn't like. Montgomery County or anything like that. So you just threw shade on a whole county. I well, county. no, Montgomery County has good schools. No, I think she's shading her. Own I'm school not system. from. Oh, yeah, I'm shading. I'm shading Washington <laughs> County, which is in Western Maryland. Which most people watching this, um, I'm actually I'm not from there. I was what, born what in city PG. is in Washington County? Hagerstown. Oh wow! Oh, wow. oh. I was in like. Allegheny, Mo County, Howard. Never mind. I it's sound real far. southeast right now. I'm sorry. I went to high school there, and it so was the uh, majority white folks, but majority working class people. Um, and uh, you know, the schools there face honestly some of the same issues mm-hmm. that are here in D.C. Not getting funding, not being updated, not uh, getting the renovations that they need um, so the classrooms are warm enough or cool enough for people to learn. Um, just outdated materials, you know, um, but it's definitely worse in D.C. I'm, I'm proud to say that I at least got a, a decent public education. But, you know, um, I was still questioned, like my black excellence was still questioned, mm-hmm. even though um, I made straight A's. I was the president of Spanish club. I was on the student government association as a secretary. I was in the key club. Like my mom who is white, um, taught me that I could be whatever I wanted to be, but she was clear, um, because she was married into, um, and love black people aware of the, uh, systematic challenges that we face. So she had reinforced in me that I was going to have to work really hard and make sure that, 
Um, I excelled in school so that I could get to where I wanted to be in life. And so um, I hear both of you ladies talking about um, the strong black values that were um, instilled in you from your moms. Um, and I think that that's such a beautiful thing. Um, and I don't know, I, re- I have wrestled with this as a biracial person is um, having and expressing uh, black love um, and not having it be at the same time an expression of anti-whiteness um, that that having love for uh, my culture my identity doesn't mean that I don't like white people but at the same time recognizing um, the uh, white supremacist sexist um, xenophobic um, structure that we live within and how do I hold white people, advocates, council members, um, people in my family or in my community, how do I hold them accountable and help transform them um, to understand that black love doesn't mean I don't like you. That's not what it means at all. I'm curious about your all of your thoughts on that, actually. I, I do have a thought ready. Go, go. Boom. Um, my first thought was that just because there's a difference between white people and white culture and when we're like against white people what we're really saying is that we're against white culture and there's nothing good about white culture in its definition why it was created the definition of its opposition being black the justification for the treatment of anyone who is not white when white is nothing actually European I mean we've gone through this before if you really want to break it down there's an identity crisis because there's an elephant in the room that people don't want to discuss but I think the easiest way to really talk about what 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 is white culture you know is to use another animal that's not a human being let's let's uh let's pick a African lion lions okay lions in Africa What if the African lion decided to do what white culture, European, Western culture decided to unite and do to the rest of the humans on the world? The white, if the African lions were like, we're going to kill all the jaguars and the cheetahs. We're going to travel to Tasmania and we're going to kill all of those cats. We're going to travel to Europe and to South America. We're going to travel all around and anytime we see another cat that is different from us they must either conform to us in subjugation or die what if any other living creature did what white culture does what would the earth look like and that's a hard truth but it's a fact it is it it is what it is so And when you look at that in opposition to every other culture and the subtleties of the difference of the uniqueness as it was before it encountered this need to eradicate or assimilate everything that it touched. It's the difference, you know, I can't I don't know what that feels like to be on the other side, but it is what it is. And we can't do nothing if we don't talk about it. But, you know, you don't hate the people. It's the culture, it's the idea, it's the facts, it's the genocide, it's the political, socio-prison complex. 
It's the educational system. It's the Columbus Day. It's every fucking thing that's wrong about the fact that you decided that this culture is the leading culture and anything else is something different that is less than it's a minority. So like what? Well, how do you (laughs) determine then um, who embraces that culture and then who is aware of it but is actively like how do you have those conversations to even get at because you don't want to marginalize people i think the analogy of it when you kind of do it like that when you stop talking about black and white you know you just let's pick another animal let's just play a let's talk about what if that and then where does it fit in because we know that you know let's say that the cheetahs was like oh lions is deep i'm gonna go ahead and do what they want Matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and get those leopards and the cheetahs were safe. Like, Which people do. Hmm. Communities do. Hmm. Aja, what do you think? I mean, so I think that, so kind of um, piggybacking on what you were saying, that there's a difference between white people and whiteness. And so, yeah, I, I'm i like, I'm not cool with whiteness and like what, how you've described like white culture. And frankly, white people shouldn't be either. Right. Um, because, and I heard someone say like people who were identified as white or people who were made white. Because what's real is like when people came here, like when these concepts were created, although I must say like colorism does predate the creation of yes, the, so the social construction classism. of race. Mm-hmm. Um, but this very um, specific um racialized caste system and the the creation of whiteness is why you have you have a ton of people if i was white i'd be pissed because you actually could have some culture right you actually could be italian and actually be connected to some italian roots or you could be polish and be connected to some polish roots or you could be like all of these um countries where most of the people are like what we would identify or classify as white Mm -hmm. right you could be like the Kardashians and be like, I'm super like Armenian and like, I love that, which they are. But it, but I will also say it's just, it's hard because like they're also white. And so for the, for them, and I see this for a lot of people who have really deep cultural roots, like really deep ties to a cultural heritage where they're like, um, I see it. I I get into conversations about it um, with some of my folks who are like Jewish, like I'm not white, I'm Jewish. And I'm like, yeah, except there also are black Jews. Right. And so like, there is and there's a difference between like how black Jews are treated, how and how um, white Jews are treated or how, or Jews who are perceived as white um, are treated. So there is this um, real need for like white people to really be race traders, essentially, and say, like, we are going to um, give up the powers that whiteness affords us mm-hmm. um, to really be a traitor against that and do this other thing so that I, we, I can actually live in harmony. Um, Cause yeah, whiteness is destructive. Is that deep? Right. It's destroying the, the world. Racialized capitalism is literally destroying the planet and we only have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really um, having that conversation in terms of how to talk with white family members um, I'll say like one of my good friends and I think she is watching and I'm going to say your name, Taylor. <laughs> I love Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's my fave. But I mean, in terms of just like conversations that she has with family, like I think it'd be good. So I don't have that I know of any white family members. So like, I'm not sure sort of like what I would say to one, except for like the same kind of conversations I have with like white, like my white friends, like white mm-hmm. people who I love where it's just a candid conversation um, about like what the cost is 
And it's like, you know, the thing about white pride is that it is predicated on like destruction of black people, destruction of the environment. Um, it's, it's predicated on, um, superiority as opposed to black pride, which is just like this deep love and appreciation, um, and recognition that like, we all actually can be here. Um, and it's just, it's, Mm. it's, yeah. Molly, I'm curious about your thoughts as our resident, <laughs> resident white, white person. person. Oh man! Hey. But also, I feel like we need like a graphic. No pressure, no pressure. But, this whole but also, time, if y'all missed, go back and watch the show with uh, Born Eye, where Molly officially received her black card <laughs> um, in public. Oh, hey. um, as someone, Very as someone who is white, I know. <laughs> but cool though. Oh yeah, because I was like. Yeah, we anyway. <laughs> so, um as as our resident uh Irish American hey, slash white Appreciate representative, it. I'm curious about your thoughts on this and how like you reconcile or because I know that you're a conscious and aware person. Um so how do you talk to other white folks or even encounter or deal with uh people of color who um don't frame things in the same way that the three of us have candid and honest, but oftentimes um, with anger, you know? I mean, I, I think, um, I don't know. I guess my situation is a little different. Like I grew up in such a super Irish household, you know, at a young age, but then my family got very disjointed very quickly and I was the youngest of four. So I didn't have a lot of family structure, uh, you know, past like, 9, 10, 11 at all. And the earlier days were like, you know, we all like Irish dance, like river dance. Like, really? Yeah. Like <laughs> now? You still? No. No. <laughs> no. Only when I'm really drunk and I got a penny I whistle in my head. Yeah. Um, no, I did not. I did not. Um, no, like Michael Flatley, like I like grew up with that guy. Like it was hard. I danced at the White House for Ronald Reagan like a few times. It's a long story. I don't think there's any pictures, but um, <laughs> there's actually a picture on my Facebook of me in an Irish dancing uniform with like my hair and curls, and I look like the saddest little girl on the planet. Like I'm really cute until you zoom in on my face and you just <laughs> see like the existential crisis I'm having. It's like it's so on point, but um. No, I think, but then just not having a strong family structure, I've just been, like, in the universe and floating around, and so I have loved who's loved me and opened their Mm -hmm. home to me, and even my very first best friend growing up was, like, Cambodian, there was, like, 19 people living in his little house, and, like, my parents never discouraged any of that, you know what I mean? Like, there was never any, you know, like, so I just grew up appreciating people, you know, and it wasn't until getting older and just really recognizing like I mean I totally like you know I really thought racism was like on the downslope I realize how dumb that is now but like Ferguson really just like opened my eyes you know what I mean like um I just really thought things had gotten better and I realized not only are they not but like how could I have not realized that you know um girl we had all hoped things got better when we elected Obama we knew it wasn't but there was hope yeah. yeah, and I mean, living here, yeah. I feel like it's a bubble, and I grew up here, and it's sure. it's a bubble, and so, Sorry. you know, um, <laughs> now I'm much more aware, and, like, I don't want to be that, like, super woke white person that's just, like, you know. I'm so down. At dinner, and, like, dropping all these, like, just every, turning everything into, like, yeah, well, you know what, black people have to do with, like, I don't want to be that person, but I definitely check people all the time. Like, if I'm in an environment, I, like, 
you know, as like nicely and quietly and carefully as I can. But, um, you know, everybody's got racist ass old people in their life, man. You know what I mean? And on both sides of the fence. And so, you know, it's just I don't it's, have black any people can't be racist. OK, well. <laughs> I, I do. Like, maybe you don't. I was like, not my I do. You should hear some of the shit my dad says. I mean, I got some like, to my Italian dad, family the, members that are like. But is your dad black? Yes. Then he can't but be racist. He can racist. be racist. He we can don't be prejudiced. Any he can be bigoted. He, he can be stereotypical. Oh, yeah. Like, my dad doesn't he's like disrespectful, some bigoted, condescending. Thing, I feel like, he can I feel be like a lot of old people are, yeah. and not even necessarily racist, but people like say terrible things about like Polacks and Italians and Mexicans. It's like no one's safe. You know what I mean? Like, if you were born before a certain year, you just have, like, no concept of, like, world unity at all. You know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, in my life, though, like, I don't really, you know, I don't find myself in a lot of situations where I have to correct anybody because I'm, like, here in this building and, like, you know what I mean? Like, my life doesn't, you know, you know, I'm I'm not having those conversations with people because my life doesn't look like that. You know what I mean? Um... My Not life is yet. very diverse, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like in, in many, many ways. So um, I, don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I think I think just knowing when to shut the fuck up is like really important. So I'm going to go ahead and oh, do that right now. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of your thoughts, ladies. I think this has been so far a really rich and uh, vibrant conversation. I'm going to pivot a little bit because it's a uh, 10 17 and there's Gucci. a question i've been dying to ask oh, aja shit. before we go into our metaphysical moment so um i was digging on your facebook page and i saw a picture of you you look so young and you're like cuddled up beside common Tell Uh-oh. us this story. Are you putting a picture up, please? Nick? Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, how old are you? And First of all, I was ooh. grown. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was 20. You look like you was about 16. <laughs> That's because black don't crack, okay? Hey. Thanks, mom and dad. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yes. So, comment if, you're, if someone sends you this link. Um, I just want to let you know, like, I mean, I am dating, but obviously I'll drop all of them. Um, not all of them. I mean... The person. Half. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it. Um, I'm getting myself in trouble here. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I gotta let me back. Chuck, let me stop talking. Um, let me focus on the topic at hand. It is common, though. Yes, so. it's common. common. That's what we're talking about. So, um, my, so I went to school at Walls, and we have this um, auction every year that it, by our 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 PTA, but they're called HSA, Homeschool Association. Um, same thing. It's a PTA. Uh, and they had this auction and usually they auction off stuff like, you know, paintings that we did or um, like different experiences and stuff. Nothing like high key, like tight. This one year, this is after I had already graduated from uh, Walls, but my mom loves an auction. OK, like she cannot. <laughs> there is not an, a, a silent auction, a live auction. She is like. I may not. It's so funny. She's like, you may can outpay me, but you can't outbid me. Okay. Like, I'm, she will go bid on some shit. So we go to this auction and it's fun. We should just come on if you're, again, if you're watching, like, we should start going to that in because it was fun. Um, one of the things that were like, was up for auction was, it was like, oh, a meet and greet with Common because he had just written that children's book and it was like, and a book signing. And she was like, wouldn't you love this? And I was like, well, obviously I'm a, I am like an obsessive fan. And yes, I would love it. And I was like, wouldn't it just be great if like we also could get married? And she was like, I, that's no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, so she like 
was bidding on it and was bidding on it against like the woman who put it up for auction in the first place <laughs> who like wanted she it apparently for her kid and I was like chill but my mom was like represent okay and like it was like it was a it was a white woman parent and I just felt real like uh, that was another like defeat I was like yes black women triumphing over all <laughs> afterwards my mom was like how are you gonna pay for this and I was like <laughs> I was like I don't know but you know we got it we got it I gotta get with common so it was supposed to be just like a book signing meet and greet thing and then like you go on your way my mother I call her like I call her the, the pimp because she is like that is my girl. Like she's the manifester of all things. So like, there's a thing that she wants that we want. She is like, don't even trip. I'm about to manifest this. You're about to, this is about to be glorious. Um, <laughs> Commons godmother um, was, is a superintendent. And so like my mom works with superintendents all over the country. And so my mom knew Commons godmother, like his real life. Like <laughs> that's my godmom, his godmom, godmom. Right. And she was like, let me just see. And so she like hits her up. She's like, hey, girl. She's a black woman, obviously. She's like, hey, girl. Um, like, you know, like my daughter, like we, I want her this thing. It's this. But for what I paid for, obviously, she's going to be a little more than like him signing some book. You know what I'm saying? And my <laughs> well, mom was like, well, let me see what I can do. So he was coming to Artscape. And my mom had hooked it up. So this is when Timothy Deans was open. So Timothy Deans doesn't even open before five. She done got Timothy Deans to open up, child. We the only people in the restaurant. Okay. And it is me and comment. It turned into dinner girl. He was like, so the, the package was like, you could have six friends go with you. I'm like, this a date. I ain't bring it up. What? It's like me and common. And we ain't signing no books no more. Me and common going to Timothy Deans. Friends. I, I don't have no friends. So, <laughs> No, I don't. Have no, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't have no friends. <laughs> they were like, "Do you want to sign anyone else up?" I was like, "No, obviously not." Um, his assistant came. She was a woman. Shout out to you, Rhea. I mean, I ended up really loving you, but I was like, "Where's she sitting?" She she had to sit at the next table. I wasn't playing no games. We was on a date. Hilarious. Yeah, look, yo, I, I was mean, on a date. See, did you see the picture though? She's we like, were, she looked like, like she booed up. We were booed. Look, I have lots of pictures. Look, I can show y'all. Okay, because wait, how we long were, ago was this? And you, saw I was twenty. I'm thirty one now. And they're but just, like, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell like you yesterday. about God. <laughs> well, also, I have a dope personality because comment. We were supposed to be like, eat dinner and like go to Artscape and then like go home. We went to Artscape. It was rain, pouring down rain. He was like, go get your mama. Because she was like out in the crowd. And he was like, get your mama. Don't have your mama out there in the rain. And I was like, we really do go together now. So I went and got my mama. I was like, girl, Kama said, um, come to the, come out the rain. <laughs> Kama had said, come out the rain. So we came out the rain. Like after it was done, I like, sent my mom home. I was like, all right. <laughs> well, all right. All right, girl. And he was like, oh, do you want to like hang out? So I was like hanging out, like eating snacks and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is so bomb. Did you feed him? I did not because I was like, <laughs> I was really I'm like, focused. No, I know, I know. I was so upset. No. Well, like, it's like, because obviously, I could have gotten in there before Serena messed me. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, I'm, I really wasn't living. I wasn't. I was not on my game. No, Common wasn't on his game. Yeah. He obviously he right. yes, but also I should have been in my lock and load mode. 
And I wasn't lock and load. <laughs> what is the lock and load mode? I can't tell you about that. <laughs> you like a handbook Uh-oh. for that? I want to know. It's in the vestibule. <laughs> I feel like I could use more oh, it's in the vestibule. <laughs> it's, in the vest- it's in the upper room, okay? <laughs> man, man. Yeah. And then fast forward, I saw him at the club. Like a what few club? years later, Go came out. What was it called? Fly. Fly Lounge. Oh, oh shit. I, I know. know. I used to be at the club every single day of the week. So it was like a Tuesday. I'm surprised we never met each other in um, the club. Because I, I used to, be, to Oh, wait. Be. You're a little bit younger than me. So. Yeah. I had a really weird experience on a lot of mushrooms at Fly Night Club. Oh, no. I cannot do that and be around I don't do mushrooms. There's way too many mirrors in that joint. Like, every time you turn around, it's just it like is. another reflection of yourself. And when you're on mushrooms, it's like the worst. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Yeah. I used to be, well, I used to be doing things up and fly too but then they changed it to the Whoa. getaway not what? clarifying i haven't been since it was fly. Been leaving it vague in this case i mean well, red can we just shout out red Red, yes oh my red. god what's red i'm old it now was i'm old and washed it so was red before it was fly it was like a legendary dance spot like you could go there and like dance the house music and get so hit on cool. but like short creepy boring guys in leather jackets but none of that sounds effects. like my jam you could no. smoke weed in there yeah. before yeah. it was legal it was like great i remember that part great great house music and it was a basement and there was like this giant candle it was just like that place that was the like cool people it was awesome. unpretentious it was super unpretentious and they stayed open till four and like that was when like nothing stayed open the, that late the places i aspired to were the black hole the ice box yeah <laughs> i don't know about those places wait yeah. really it's like a whole different place yeah. from go, what go you're spot. at that same time concurrently <laughs> at that same time <laughs> my one of my biggest things oh my god i can't believe i told i was like okay whatever i'm gonna say it mom don't judge me but no, not work. I say all kinds of things that work, but the... <laughs> no, no, 501 Club. Oh, 501. I thought you were thinking about C3. No, I know, I right? Like, I was like, wait, no, no, no. We <laughs> talking like, about like, Icebox, <laughs> Black Hole. I wanted... My godbrothers used to bring home these videos. This was back when uh, when they would, like, film, and, like, so you would have a band, but they would also have, like, video girls, and they would do, like, these, like, videos. I wanted to be in one of those so badly. It's never too late. I've been in a I was, video before. No, it is time. Yeah. I was like, but why was I... I was really a Inspiring to that, like I was like, I'm really should don't don't wow. I just wanted my voice to be in the background (laughs) of a go go. Like I wanted to be that. Mike doesn't judge anyone. Also, I I wanted that to be me. Like like, Shirley, and I'm like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, it's nothing like getting a shout out while you while while backyard is rocking. And shout outs to Big G. Shout outs to backyard, man. I'm BYB for life. But uh, yeah, man, that 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 culture. Do it for the that crew remix. Thank you so much for that. You know, I was in a music video. I was a hot music video chick once. Wait, yes, I was here in Washington. Why didn't you tell us to put that on the show notes, Nikki? Jeez, we could be pulling that up right now. Next week, we're tagging you. I'll well, tag her today. If wait, you're watching online, I'll tag her now. I, I don't know. See what had happened no. was Uh-oh. I was working at <laughs> I was working at Indie Blue. I don't know if y'all remember that place. And uh, I was bartending downstairs, and they had this um, uh, Nigerian hip hop artist come in. He wanted to film his music video there. But see, he was actually short some people, so mm-hmm. they just recruited me. But they put me in this fabulous um, 
all black sequin like body cat suit. I had yes. my little hair flipped out and everything. That sounds cute. And I was mm-hmm. the cute girl in the video. But then they wanted me to come out to somewhere that was far in Maryland that I didn't have a car and make the rest of the video. And I was like, uh-uh, y'all are sketchy. I'm not doing this. So come make the rest of the video. <laughs> I don't know. If you're out there. I don't actually know what uh, what they did to continue the story. Maybe they found someone that looked like me. Maybe they just reshot everything. Maybe they changed up the story. Found concept. you a body double. I, I, I don't know. They're out, there, they're out searching for but this. Like I didn't aspire. I never aspired. <laughs> it was just like I was there. No, it was an opportunity. Respect. I aspired. Respect. This is what happens when you watch HBO. <laughs> yeah. It's a great thing to aspire to. Although when I was little... I really wanted to be a fly girl. Like, who did yes. it? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? So, yes. yes. Shout out to the fly girls. But you know what, ladies? It is 1028, so it is that time. Wow. That was 11 minutes. It is that. I know. <laughs> that was a good common story, though. It was great. You're a great storyteller. You are. <laughs> Probably also why you're a great organizer and advocate, because oh. you know how to tell things. And engage people. Yeah. In an engaging way and in a real way, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, indeed, I want to call when I am single. I mean, just <laughs> <laughs> so I file my taxes, yes, yes. <laughs> mm. Common, I am not single, so slippery. yeah, but uh, none of them are single. So I fully like, endorse only me. a relationship with Aja <laughs> in the very near future. If you're watching, I'm single. or situationship, I'm open. Situationship. situationship. A little situation. <laughs> I want to split with Serena. We could get it. <laughs> nah, Serena moved on. Oh, no. No. And she her baby is so cute. The whole husband. So cute. So cute. But I want to uh, actually hand it over to Jay Mills to take oh. us to a metaphysical moment. Are you ready? Yes. Mm. Let's do this. She's born ready, y'all. Vote for J. Mills. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I love your voice. I could listen to it all day. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Snap, 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 snap. Metaphysical moment brought to you by the real J. Mills. I've been meditating on this thought um, of uh, happiness being a choice and how important the now is. You know, it's the simple truths in this whole beautiful art of human being that we seem to overlook. And one of them is the fact that the only thing that actually is, like we get caught up in a lot of things that that aren't. We get caught up in who wasn't there, what they didn't say, what they should have done, what I meant to do, what could be happening, what should be happening, what was supposed to happen but didn't, what such and such. All this shit that actually does not even exist at all. It, it doesn't exist in such a way that it will never exist. But you're thinking about these things. The only thing that is real, few things are actually real. Few, few things. One of the only things is now. And now is forever changing. That's why the present is called the present, because it's a gift. And you were not granted this present at any moment. You could die. <laughs> Your next breath is not a given all that exists is now and the past is a is a thought it's what you thought it was and you can change how you thought the past was 
you know, you can look back in life at this point in life and think about things that happened to you as a child and how you reacted to it as a child, but look back at it as an adult and have a completely different conception of that moment. You have changed time. You time travel. You went back in your head, back to the past, felt some kind of way and decided to feel differently. But what does that mean? Did you even change the past? Did you change anybody else's past? What the fuck? Was it? What? What is happening while you up here thinking about the past now and you're missing it? Now let's talk about the future <laughs> and what it could be. I started off by saying that happiness is a choice. It is a choice that you choose to make it any now that you choose to make it. Anything could make you happy if you choose to think of things that make you happy, but you could spend your now thinking of things that make you unhappy for no reason at all wasting your present wasting Mm. this gift wasting what is now and who is here and what people are doing what you do have how far you have gotten you are lost in some shit that doesn't even exist waiting for so many people looking for this to make them happy i'll be happy when i get this i'll be happy once i do that i'll be happy when i meet them do this looking for something outside of you when all you ever needed at any point in time to be happy was yourself because you're here and you don't have to be and that simple truth right there that you are here and what are you doing with your now how are you living your best life? How are you thanking those that are doing? How are you using your gifts? How are you moving forward? Or are you looking backwards? Are you looking sideways? Are you looking anywhere but where you should be looking, which is for happiness that you already have within yourself, man? That's my metaphysical message. It was just short and sweet. Cause I, I was just so, people be thinking like, you know, I got some kind of, I don't know, I, t- I talk about I'm on a natural high. Like I, I, I medicate to come down because I just my thoughts are just so, so up there, so up in the sky. I choose to be in the sky. I could choose to look down if I wanted to, and sometimes, <laughs> if I get real honest, sometimes, sometimes I trip, and that makes me look down. What the fuck was I tripping on? Did I just trip? Thought I was walking smooth, and some shit on the ground makes me trip. Next thing I know, I'm lost, looking down at the ground, (sighs) missing the stars. You make a choice on what you choose to focus on, and you can choose to focus on anything, anything at all. You can choose to be happy and focus on life, focus on what you have, focus on who is, focus on what is at all times. That's it. Focus on that. When you find yourself drifting, when you find yourself looking down, Because you're walking on water, man. You're a star floating out in the nothingness of space, suspended despite all physical what is up and down, truthfully, as you live. To be alive is a gift. To be born is a gift. The fact that you even were the sperm that made it. (laughs) Don't you know? (laughs) Don't you know how many people pray? People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars wishing 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 one nut would and here you are yeah (laughs) 
That's my metaphysical message. I get too physical. It doesn't matter. But you know what, though? Anytime I feel like I might be looking down, I just need to get the on fleek eyelashes like you that will help. Like naturally, just like lift me back up, you know, because you can't look down when your eyelashes look that good. Yo. You can. That's how the haters can see them. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Well, I want to thank our viewers for tuning in again. We love y'all. We really appreciate y'all. Thank you for the comments. I want to have an extra big black love, big, big, big thank you to Aja Taylor, advocacy director, absolutely, of Bread for the City. Definitely check out Bread for the City. And donate if you like, if you think our work sounds good. I'm like, donate. Yeah, man. Shout out to you. I, I, I meant to ask some questions. You were doing so great with them, and, and really, like, the conversation was excellent. But it was just because, um, shout out to Howard, whoop, whoop, community development. George came to our class, our community development class, and, um, spoke a lot about bread for the city. At the time, this was a few years ago, he had just gotten there, but he was talking about the huge just jump in fundraising in the millions. This man has brought millions and millions of Go on, black man. This black man, this young black man has brought millions. I think that'll make him smile. It's called him young. It is, and it's, it's gone to help uh, low <laughs> yeah. income and they have and, a um, new facility folks. that yeah. you all have opened now. I guess before it wasn't open yet on the south side. Oh, so that was a while ago. We've been open in southeast now for since two thousand two. No. Sh- Okay. Yeah. Look, you dating yourself. Hmm. <laughs> Current events. I said a few years ago, and yeah, she just kind of, kind of threw that one out. Few is not an adjective I can use towards the amount of words years that was. Well, when you well, when you said he was kind of new there, and I was like, well, he's been there nineteen years. <laughs> <laughs> he's been there nineteen years. <laughs> Jay's actually fifty six years old. I'm like, you're the real unicorn. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> How old are you? Time flies. Um, 78. Like 2002. I know. Oh my God. So you know you're old in like 2001 and 2011 seem like almost the same, but then you're like, no. The decades, different. You can mix it up sometimes. I know. Okay, well, shout out to Donate, support that work. Because that is how, that's how it happens. Bread, B-R-E-A-D, F-O-R, T-H-E, C-I-T-Y, breadforthecity.org, not .com, .org. Check it out. See the work that Aja's been up to. See how you can get involved if you can't donate. If you can donate, okay. donate. Donate. Like, people too. need this, you know, for mm. real in the city. Um, and definitely follow the hashtag uh, decision18 so you know what's going on uh, in the D.C. city elections. Your vote matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to keep agitating y'all about Agitate. that. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, our organizing work, uh, at BFC Organizing. B like Buffalo, F like, like Frank. Oh, B like bread, <laughs> duh. F like Ford, I like duh. Buffalo better. C like city. I liked Frank. Duh. <laughs> organizing. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Follow them on. Follow all of us on yep. Facebook, Twitter, yep. Instagram. We really appreciate y'all engaging with us. And uh, once again, thank you to the whole crew at One Love Massive, to Molly Ruin for hosting us here. Thank um, you. In the historic Shaw. Black love to everyone. Happy Black History Month. And we will catch you next week. Peace out.